Welcome to the net. I had my barbecue for the evening, so I'm all fired up. So it's good. It's been in the crock pot all day, so I've been smelling it. So it's good. Welcome, gentlemen. Happy to the fall semester of the net. Excited to see you guys and all that the Lord has in store for us. So isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord with some good brothers? Yeah, it's great. Tonight, I want to talk a little bit about courage in the midst of the storm. Anybody in the middle of a storm right now? That many, huh? That few? No, there's a few of us. Um, there's about uh, three things that I know and three things that I wanted to talk about tonight, but, uh, you know, I only have time for one. As I sit and talk with some of you men over the summer and listen, um, I've noticed an interesting observation that I put in a note earlier this week. The guys that were strong coming into the net earlier this year are the guys that have, atten- have faced some things that they're walking a little bit weak. They're walking with a limp. And some of those guys that were walking in with a limp earlier this year, they're getting stronger, and it's working. And I just find it interesting, the guys in New Life Church are just different seasons of time. So how do we, as in leadership, pastoral, care for folks that are just in a wide range of seasons of life? Some of you guys are coming here tonight, you're absolutely on the end of your rope. And you're here praying and believing, mostly because your wife is praying and believing that you're here tonight, or something, right? <laughs> and other guys are here because you are strong. You're walking in a state of grace and just sense of purpose and call on your life. And you're here to be encouraged, but you're also here to give. And, and uh, that's what we need. That's what we're praying for, is for men to rise up in the net. But every day there's something that is a temptation for all of us when our courage can potentially move quickly to discouragement. Whatever the circumstances, whatever the stimulus is, I find it every day. Every day. I landed at midnight last night, flying in from Seattle, and I think I heard the F-bomb 50 times yesterday among about eight guys. How about that? I literally had to wake up this morning and wash myself in the Word and the Spirit because I was around just the most wonderful opportunity to be salt and light to humanity. (laughs) And there were moments in the midst of my day yesterday of just like, are you kidding, right? To just take a path, to be courageous in the midst of horrific attitude or just chuck it and be like the rest of these guys. What causes us in the face of whatever the stimulus is to drop our guard, become discouraged, and just move into a place of drift? Or rather, being the man of God that we're all called to be and be men of courage. But just from that, you move against the drift. And as you're saturated in the presence of God, you become salt and light. How does that work? We all face stuff. I feel like I'm the chief of perseverers in this area. So I thought about sharing maybe a little bit of a story tonight from my own life, because I have a few. But uh, as, as I thought about it, I thought I'd maybe take a little turn and share a little bit about my summer. I had a great opportunity with my girl, girls this summer. My buddy Tommy runs an outfitter up in the mountains, and, and uh, my girls and I got away for a six-day backpacking trip. And here we are at uh, about 5.30 in the morning, but we weren't supposed to know that because we weren't supposed to have watches on. And the sun was just coming up, but we wouldn't have known it because it was complete cloud cover. You could barely see more than 100 feet. At this point, we're just at Timberline. You can see in the landscape there, and we were going to continue to ascend all the way up to 
just under 14,000 feet on South Anturo. We got all the way up there, and as we left this little perch where we got our pictures, my youngest daughter on the left, Bethany, she said, Daddy, can I hold your hand? And we walked, and I, I said, you okay, honey? Let it go. More fog rolled in. Daddy, can I have your hand? Next thing you know, we're walking on a ridge line that goes like this, dropping about two, 3,000 feet, and the hand was getting tighter. Grip was getting tighter. My little girl, her courage was being rocked. Even in the cloud cover, she sensed that just her, I sensed her insecurity. What keeps her secure? What keeps her confidence up? What keeps her courageous in the midst of hiking up to uh, a place where most 12-year-olds don't go? And it was a sweet moment for me because this was her storm. But yet her daddy was right there. And every time I let go, then just a few minutes later, she came up right beside me and we held hands. And we went all the way to the top of that mountain holding hands that day. And it was a beautiful moment for me as a father because there's so often I feel like my little daughter. And in the midst of my storm, my grip gets a little tighter. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? What a wonderful opportunity. Guys, what's your storm tonight? What are you facing? Next slide. As I read through the scriptures, Acts 27, this has come back around a few times for me. And these words have really gripped me. The setup is the shipwreck, which many of you guys are familiar with in Acts. Paul's a prisoner. He's already got a guard chained to him. He's facing potential condemnation because he's taking a stand for the gospel. And he's being thrown on a ship to travel to Rome, and he's locked in with all these prisoners, and he's getting on these boats, and if you read the account in Acts 27, they go from port to port to port, and it's, it's almost winter time. And for every time they leave port, it gets more and more foolish that they got, the, these guys are launching out and the risk gets higher and higher. This particular verse is right in the seam where they've gone 14 days in the middle of the storm. The men have not eaten. They're losing their courage. They're losing all sense of reality. Their courage is lost. And as Josh read out of Psalm 107, they were at their wit's end. A storm and a tempest had grown up, blown out, and they were fearing for their lives. And here Paul says, in the midst of facing death, after they've already unloaded all of their tack, all their gear, all their food, they've unloaded. What do they have left? Where does Paul come up with this? So, keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God. It will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. Where in the world does he get the courage when he is standing alone, surrounded by a ship full of men that are discouraged? Do we have, do you have that kind of courage inside of you? And where does that come from in the midst of the storm where the circumstance doesn't say anything reveal any sense of hope whatsoever. Where does he get that sense of courage? Guys, I would like you to stretch tonight, so stand up, please. (laughs) 
Guys have to move a little bit. I know how that is. Stretch out your arms. Don't knock your buddy. Stretch it out. In your left hand, everybody say the word fear. Everybody on your right hand, say the word faith. Fear. Faith. Make a big fist. Let go. That's it. I'm going to ask you a question. Interesting, Josh would introduce tonight on what's your orientation. Whatever you're facing today, your marriage, your family, teenage daughters, your work, aging parents, whatever you're facing, what is your orientation, men? Are you more on the side of fear? Fear of man, fear of your boss, fear of your wife? Or is your perspective what governs your choices every day is a sense of faith that keeps you moving regardless of what your circumstances say? You're losing your business. You lost your income. You're losing your house. You're struggling financially. It's affecting your marriage. Many guys are in this place. And because of that, it keeps them away from relationships. They're gripped with fear. What causes that man to have an infusion, a deposit of faith that says, nah, these circumstances do not define me. I am defined by the living God who says, by faith, I am a son of God and heir to the riches of Christ. And you begin taking the next step, believing that, that you become a courageous man regardless of your circumstances. Is there any of those men here in this room tonight? Is there any man who want to be that kind of man tonight? <laughs> right? This is a big deal. This is where we live. Are you more governed by fear or faith? I would suggest to you tonight, biblically, that because Paul, in the midst of losing his life, the only reason he could stand up and say, so men, keep up your courage, for it will happen just as God had said. Paul was a man so resolute by faith, he knew where he was going. He knew his purpose, he knew the call in his life, and he was so in tune with where God was at because the angel had declared it that this was not going to be the end. Courage in the storm. How do you keep your courage when you're surrounded by weak and discouraged men? Psalm 107. Courage. What do you have to have to have courage? You got to have hope. These guys, Psalm 107, in the storm, they lost it. Where's your hope? Where's your hope tonight, men? Is it in the next paycheck? Getting a job? Getting your kids to like you? Where's your hope? Talk about faith. Faith in the midst of the storm. If I can add another one, it's where is the love? Start to sound familiar? Faith, hope, love. Guys, I'd like to suggest something tonight. That courage in the storm, faith, hope, and love are the ingredients for courage. If you guys are all to take a mental check, just go here in your mind for a second. If you're sitting there and if you could write this down, Give yourself a, a, your own personal test. Faith, hope, and love. 
One to ten. How am I doing? Put, put it up on the guy's dashboard. You got your faith, your hope, and your love. Where are you at? Is your gas tank empty or is it full in these areas? You have all the faith in the world, but no hope, no love, then your courage is probably lacking. Vice versa. Just suggest biblically to you, these are the ingredients for the courageous man of God. Let's take a look at love. Romans 8, 37. 38 and 39 are pretty familiar verses for a lot of you guys. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Height nor depth, principalities, nothing can separate us from the love of God. It's good news. The verse before that, you are more than conquerors for those who are in Christ Jesus. Loved. Nothing can separate you. How interesting, biblically, he would put love and your ability to conquer your circumstances in the same verse. The degree in which you believe you are loved will determine your ability or conviction not to be conquered. Are you guys loved? Do you feel the love of God in your life? Are you full of faith? you feel of hope? These are the ingredients that will get you through. If you're sitting here struggling tonight, something's gripping you. You're discouraged. You're governed by fear. Step back a second. Biblically, theologically, your relationship with God, answer the questions. Do I believe I'm loved? Where is my hope? And I'm a man of faith. As you begin to prayerfully biblically read through these, think through these, pray through these, enter into relationship and talk about these with friends and brothers, mentors, as those reservoirs begin to fill up in your life, you will find that you will face your circumstances differently. Anyone connect with that idea? Courage in the storm. As you look at your life, wherever you're at, some of you guys have been through it. Some of you guys are in it. And some of you guys, sorry, (laughs) here it comes. (laughs) What are you doing? This is where we're moving into the net this fall. And it's how we're preparing for the lineup of different guys that are teaching. Is that who you are in the storm reveals the character, your character, who you are. This is the test. Are you a man of God? Do you... When you get squeezed, does the fine wine of the fruits of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and patience come out of you? Or do you get shattered and you become broken? And you hurt people because you're hurt. What kind of man are you? What kind of character are you? How do you become a man of courage? I'd suggest to you it's in the character, it's in the fabric, the DNA spiritually of becoming strong men. And that's what the net's about. Yeah, there's guys that are hurting, no doubt. But by the grace of God, we're going to see men get healthy here. Amen? And as we get healthy, we're going to see guys get strong. Why in the world would we consider it pure joy when we face trials of many kinds? Anybody wrestle with that one? Right? It's because the testing of your faith develops what? 
perseverance, character. And character has finished its work so we can be what? Mature and complete. We're moving through this process, guys. These storms come because it is God's training ground for us as sons. It hurts. It's tough. We can consider it joy because we are becoming more like Christ with every wind that blows. Man, I just want to stand here because whatever is threatening you, I want to stand alongside of you and say, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. It doesn't feel like that, but you are going to make it. And you know what else? You're not going to do it alone. If you choose to go it alone, I'm sorry. But this is a place where guys can come stand alongside one another. That's what the net is about. We just got a word from the Lord that Colin's going to share with us next week about that very thing. The numbers of the net don't matter, but it's the strength of the bond of brotherhood as this family of brothers continues to forge. And you know what? Families are going to be strengthened. Legacies are going to be changed for generations with the decision in your heart tonight to be a man of faith, a man of love, and a man of hope, a man of courage. So no matter what storm comes, you'll be able to stand with it. Anybody with me on that? Great. I love it. I'm a dad first. Got to tell a Grady story. First day, first day of school, my little seven-year-old gets on the bus, goes to school, wishing well. Mama's at home, getting ready, cupcakes. I love the cupcakes, first day of school. My Bethany's coming home on the bus. Grady's coming home on the bus. First day, we're ready. I had meetings all day. I got home within three minutes of that bus before the bus showed up. So that's good. Bus shows up, waiting by the driveway. Here comes Bethany, all smiles. No Grady. What? <laughs> no Grady? Carrie's just, what's, what's up with this? Where's our seven-year-old? I immediately bolt over to the school. Where's our seven-year-old? The PA system over the school campus, K through 12. Where's Grady? Where's Grady's security? No, 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 no. So clearly we're not going to panic, but where's Grady? Get on it, people. (laughs) So after 20 minutes of waiting patiently, now we've got four teachers in there and the principal calling transportation, calling transportation, first day of school. Finally, 20 minutes later, after waiting in the principal's office, this time I was on the other end of that deal. (laughs) Finally, transportation calls and says, oh, he got on bus 21, not 51. Whoops. Oh man, wow, great, wonderful. So where is he? When's he coming back? We don't know. I had to wait in the office another 40 minutes. Where he's at? Now we got six teachers and principals and school counselor and everybody, everybody hovering over the phone, waiting and anticipating. 40 minutes go by. Do you think he's crying? No, he's not crying. No, he's a great kid. No, no, no. Everybody's, you know, got their theories on what's going on with Grady. 
He's not taking a nap. We know that. So what's Grady doing in the midst of this? Is he terrified? Is he broken heart? Is he freaking out? What's going on? Finally, the phone rings. Everybody leans in. It was this moment. These teachers. It was a little weird for me because I'm a guy with six ladies. Everybody leans in. The phone rings. Oh, you found Grady. Oh, Grady's on bus 20. Oh, he's on the phone with the driver. What is he doing? He's giving the bus driver directions back home. And all the ladies just laugh hysterically. And my seven-year-old is showing the bus driver how to get home. He pulls up with the bus, gets out. He is just happy as can be because clearly the bus driver has lost his way and he had to help him home. When he came down the stairs and saw Mama's face, he knew that quite wasn't right. (laughs) And uh, it went downhill for a little bit for a little while. Fast forward to later that evening, we're sitting in bed saying goodnight, doing a little devotionals. And as I stepped out, I said, Grady, way to go today, man. Daddy's so proud of you. You did great. Way to, way to just, you know, you know where home is. You, you know how to get home. And he goes, Daddy, I always know the way home. And in that moment, something just gripped my heart. No matter how far afield we get, wherever you are tonight, Do you know the way home? To make matters worse, another little boy got on the same wrong bus following my son. But thankfully, he got home. So be careful of who you're leading on the wrong bus. But guys, no matter where you're at tonight, this is a safe place. And I just, I hope you know that there is a way home. And this this is a place to get you there. So thank you, Grady, for showing us the way home. So, Father, thank you for the net. Thank you for these men being here tonight. I'm very excited about this fall season. Lord, you are working in the mix, building some men, and I can see it clearly. Lord, I just pray that you would uh, speak to the hearts of these men. And wherever they're at in fear, just deposit faith inside of them. Fill up their banks with hope and love. Father, I just thank you for um, these men that are here. And Lord, I just pray your blessings on them. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.